Let's break down behind the scenes on a real fix and flip transaction in progress on today's episode. You are listening to the Champion Hustle podcast. Play to succeed in business and in life. Featuring Levi Hunsaker and Ryan Black. Hello and welcome to the Champion Hustle podcast. This is episode number 35. My name is Ryan Black. And my name is Levi Hunsaker. How's welcome, how you doing, guys. Ryan? Oh, I'm doing awesome. I am super excited to cover the topic today because, I mean, this is what we do. This is our jam, real estate, and flipping is a big part of what we do. And so it's going to be really fun today to uh, show a little bit of, of BTS or behind the scenes what it is. Um, we're gonna what we're gonna share is you know a kind of the first walkthrough. We've got actually a recording where on this deal when we walk through it. Um, you know, we, we have a recording, so you and I are going to give an awesome commentary track on, um, yeah, kind of what's going on there and, uh, what some of the challenges are and, uh, yeah, you guys are going to love it. It's going to be really cool. Not, um, so on TV, right? There's like the fix and flip shows and they always show that <laughs> stuff. That's so fake <laughs> stuff that they show there. This, what we're going to be showing you right now is actually real, uh, unscripted, like true, real, authentic behind the scenes. So I'm excited about that. But we have an announcement before we dive We do in. have an announcement. So before we jump into what we've got going on, we just want to remind you guys to head over to championhustle.com and go get your free seven-day Champion Hustle Quick Start Boot Camp to help you get started by leveling up your business, whether you're starting out or just looking to launch a new product, take your business to the next level, that boot camp can help, and we're offering that to you for free. Just head over there and sign up, and you'll get it in your email. Awesome sauce. Now, you know, this podcast that we do is obviously, it's a video podcast. It's an audio podcast. Today is going to be more favorable for those of you who are watching the video version. Why? Because we're going to be giving commentary for a video. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're going to try to be descriptive if, if you won't truly only have access to the audio version. But the video versions, where can they find those, Levi, access to the video? So video, we have our Facebook group where we post the video each week of this podcast episode. And that is at championhustle.com slash Facebook. Or you can go to championhustle.com slash YouTube and also get the video. Awesome. So the property we have here is a single family residence located in Ogden, Utah, which is about 30 miles north of the capital city in Utah, Salt Lake City, and uh, it's about 2,600 square feet. What's interesting about this house is that it is actually, uh, it was abandoned for over 10 years. We were able to verify that with the neighbors. I don't know why, why it was uh, abandoned, but uh, it, it's obvious from some of the items we found in the property that this used to be uh, student housing, probably uh, you know, some time of a, of a party, <laughs> college student party house, because it's, I mean, you can, you can actually see uh, into the stadium of uh, the Weber State University from, um, from, this, uh, from this house. So it's right next to the university, great location, and uh, just a really interesting house from the street it doesn't really look like a house, but that's because it's built on the side of a mountain and uh, you, it's just, you kind of go down and you keep going down and down and down and down. Very, very unique, unique property. So with this property, now one of the things that we heard from um, some of the neighbors around when you and I were up there together mm -hmm. is that this property was actually owned by a foreign investor. 
So just kind of a weird thing where the, the foreign investor just didn't really pay that much attention to what was going on with this property. I mean, the the windows, the wood window frames, they were all rotted and like leaking water inside the house. Just a, a ton of disrepair things that were going on with it. Yeah. Just from the from the exterior of the house leaking into the interior causing damage as well. Yeah, and, and that's one of the big considerations, right? When you have a property that that is that has been abandoned is houses decay, properties decay. They're not designed to be abandoned. They have require upkeep and maintenance, and so there can be additional issues that pop up because of that, which yeah, which you you may notice in this video. So, <laughs> so okay, so so here we're we're in the the entryway and um you'll you may notice the beautiful golden uh, wallpaper. <laughs> All the walls and the ceiling in the entryway were covered in gold wallpaper because, you know, the 1970s called and wants its wallpaper back. <laughs> but uh, I'd so. say I'd want it in my house, but my wife might get really mad at me. <laughs> well, we, you know, I should have saved some. I could have given it to you. So now we're passing down the second story and then we'll come down here to the third one. Uh, I guess we'll kind of start here. One thing that, that's interesting is you'll notice here, this, uh, this is kind of the big room. Uh, you got that bank of windows across the back. Now, um, you know, every property is unique and when considering what are you know, the features and amenities in a property uh, that will affect its sellability, um, you, know, there's, you gotta look at the good and the bad. And one of the biggest selling features of this property is that wall right there because the property is on the side of a mountain and you have floor to ceiling windows that give you a full view of the entire valley. You can see the mountain, the Rocky Mountains and the entire valley all throughout. Uh, daytime, nighttime, it looks absolutely incredible. So this right here is what I call the money shot yeah. because that view is what is going to sell this house and nobody's gonna build behind it Ever because this is the Ogden Trail System for uh, what, what what would you call it? outdoor recreation and trails is yeah. is all behind here so that's kind of preserved land. Yeah, yeah, they've got uh, yeah, mountain biking trails and hiking trails and yeah, I mean it's it is a unique location. Nobody's going to be messing with that. And actually, you definitely won't have anyone because the lot. <laughs> It's a really big lot. And it so goes straight down. Yeah. Uh, you can't have anyone. Nobody can build there because it's, it's part of the parcel. Another thing you may notice, you see all these kids, uh, you know, when we do real estate, it is a family business. So we get the, we get the kid, the kiddos involved, um, here, you know, they, you'll, you'll notice there's a couple of couches, a pool table. A lot of times when we pick up properties, we get the junk that they left. Um, and so that's uh, you know something that we need to factor into our cost as far as uh, you know demolition and trash out, being able to to get some of those items uh, removed. It just it is what it is. We buy properties as is, with everything that's included inside of them. So that was uh, there was a lot of garbage in this house. So the kids are enjoying playing with the uh, the pool table while we're walking through. This was actually our our first. Uh, our first detailed walkthrough on this property. You know, when we uh, when we initially found the property, I guess I, I didn't give that that info. When we initially found the property, it was um, 
it was through a wholesaler and it was something where they uh, actually oh here we go pause that right there boom that's Ooh, the, the money shot yeah so incredible incredible view panoramic views but when we when we first um uh were made aware of this property it was uh through it was a pocket listing through a wholesaler he said hey look Got, got a couple of uh, people I'm sending this to. I'm not sending this out to my whole list. We'll send it to you because we know you're a serious buyer in this area. Uh, if you want to come and look at it today, you can. Um, and, it, and so we did. We went and walked it. It was us and two other investors. There was only three of us that walked the property. And we had about 10 minutes to walk the property. It was, uh, that was it. Walked it really fast. And uh, so this is like our first official walkthrough, detailed, really looking at things. And that was so Friday really, afternoon. Really quick, yeah. bef- before we move on, you said something really important. This was a pocket listing from a wholesaler. Now, for any of you that are familiar with real estate investing, wholesalers have big lists of people that are investors. Now, how do you position yourself to become a pocket listing with a wholesaler? through relationships, right? It's all business. I know we keep hammering this, but business is all about relationships. And so, um, you know, to make yourself, you really have to make yourself stand out from the rest of the crowd. And um, so that's something that we've been working on doing for a while is uh, building, developing those relationships with the, you know, with the guys that are the wholesalers so that they can see that, you know, that we're serious, we're experienced, we're, you know, we're ready to ready to rumble. We're, we, you know, we got, uh, you know, we've got the cash. We're ready to close. We can close fast um, and that we keep our word. And so uh, and we're committed to a, to a long, good long-term relationship that works for us, that works for them. So in doing those things, that, that is what helped us um, that get access to this pocket listing because they just, they say, ah, we'll just throw it to a couple of our top buyers. And so they did. And we ended up, uh, it was, so it was Friday, it was about noon, um, that we, uh, that we walked the property and then it was about 4 PM that, uh, he called back and said, Hey, um, you know, you can do this price. Uh, and if you can close Monday, you got it. <laughs> now this is Friday afternoon. We're like, okay, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> now we knew it was going to be a bit of a work and, and it was, uh, you know, make a couple of phone calls, raise the capital, uh, coordinate with the title company, make sure everything, you know, get, get moving because it's over a weekend is, uh, is, is a tricky thing to close, but we got taken care of. So, um, and it was all knowledge and relationships. That's, that's how you do these things. And it's funny that you mention uh, pocket listings because I'm actually the whole relationship thing <laughs> on my other computer here right now. <laughs> if you see me turn to the side, it's because I'm texting <laughs> <laughs> the next deal that I'm negotiating, which is relationship based with a different wholesaler, completely different wholesaling company. And so if I start jumping up and down during this recording, it's because I just locked in our next deal. But uh, so, yeah, relationships, you got to be at the right price. You got to be at the right terms. Um, but having that relationship value is so, so powerful in any business, definitely in real estate. So let's continue through the enjoying that that beautiful view yeah i mean and and uh i've been there when it's at the property when it's snowing and it's just like magical or you know the sunrise sunset looks incredible so gotta love the uh the golden carpet and uh everything that's included there 
the the stairs. I love those floating stairs. You know, that's that's a good example of of a, an element that really uh, is unique. Whoops, I just closed my video. Let's put it back up there. That's really unique, yet is um, the way they had it with with the carpet over the stairs. Not so cool. So we are going to be actually uh, you know refinishing those stairs with uh, with some laminate. But here we go. This is what do you think old about that, school huh? kitchen, yellow appliances, yellow countertops. Uh, I'm sure that any of us who <laughs> are older than like 20 years old have, have seen something like this before. Yes. Now, I, when I walk into a kitchen that looks like this, I love it. I get happy because I'm thinking sweet. Only an investor is going to buy this because it is fugly. It is really <laughs> bad. And it is just, yeah. And it's interesting. I've, um, that oven, that range, the oven is actually, uh, it's in one piece. I've never seen one like that before. So you've got the oven, the cooktop, and the microwave. That was probably like the original microwave, right? When it was invented is probably because the house is 50 years old. Uh, all in a single unit. It was really cool. But, um, but yeah, this... You know, so you so this kind of right here is an opportunity to actually create a wow factor because you know looking at this that you're going to rip all of this out. Now, what are some things that you could do with this? Well, you could basically put brand new stuff in and make it look exactly the same, just refreshed. Well, that's not very interesting, but when you can actually restructure the kitchen and make it more functional for today's homeowners instead of the homeowners from 50 or 60 years ago that's the when the real value comes into a property so what are some things that could possibly be done to this well and that's one thing that we looked at right when we were uh when, when doing it what we decided to do was because of the price point that this property in the neighborhood that it's in even though it's an older property it's uh quite a, a more desirable, affluent neighborhood in the city. And so um, we did a full full demo, ripped everything out, and uh, actually keeping a similar layout, slightly different. We're actually adding an island um, in the middle. But uh, as far as appliance locations, those are going to be the same. And uh, But all new cabinets, nice hardwood cabinets, uh, new, new countertops, and um, all the works, right? Very nice. So, all right, yeah. let's keep going. Cool. So we got the kitchen. Yeah, it's. <laughs> so now you mentioned to me those cabinets that were on the right side there. Those are all getting. Uh, well, they've already been torn out, but they're right. going to stay out, right? Those aren't. You're not putting anything on that that wall again. That's kind of closest to the center staircase. Correct. Yeah, and that's because you know the. When you look at, at designing, you know something like a kitchen. Well, it really applies to everything in the house. But you know, really, your your number one priority. I mean, look at how clean that dishwasher is. There's no way that they've been using that for 50 years. <laughs> <laughs> this this is. Uh, but here, put it there. Yeah. So if if you look there on the left, you can see there are uh, those cabinets. The width, and I don't have the the measurements memorized. Otherwise, I'd tell you. But the um, you know the width of the room is such that um, this was the best layout when they originally designed the kitchen. 
And because of the structural complications with how this house is built with, you know, five levels on top of each other, we can't be blowing out walls and reconfigure. I mean, we could, but it doesn't make sense from a cost standpoint. So it, we're not doing anything structural on this property. The, the, you look at the, the utilization of, um, you know, how, how a easy, yeah, from a utilization standpoint, how the kitchen is laid out. And then you look at from a design standpoint of what's popular. And there are different styles of kitchens, right? You have galley kitchens, you have L-shaped kitchens, you have U-shaped kitchens, you have, uh, you know, box kitchens. There's all these different styles of kitchens of as far as uh, layout of where the appliances are, where seating area is, whether you have, you know, a raised bar or an island or other things. When this property was built, that wasn't a thing. But nowadays, your modern buyer likes having an island. It gives you more versatility. And so because of the width restrictions on the room, we couldn't put an island in unless we didn't replace those, um, those cabinets on the, on the left-hand side. So we've got basically on the, the outer wall, the exterior wall, we've got the cabinets. Then we've got a three-foot walkway, which is, you know, good enough. It's standard. Three-foot walkway. And then we've got the island. And then we've got another three-foot walkway. Now the challenge is, is the uh, an island wouldn't fit with those uh, with with those uh, walkways, and so for the island, rather than doing a standard cabinet, which standard cabs are are 24 inches deep, we did 18 inch cabinets. So um, so when we've got the 18 inch cabinets, we 18 inch cabinets plus a one foot hangover on the countertop, we're only 28 inches on the uh, on the island. So it's a 20 28 inch deep island. So it's a little bit shallower versus um, a 36 inch um, cabinet. And that difference makes all the difference to where it fits. So sometimes you really gotta be creative and think outside of the box to be able to, nobody's ever gonna notice, hey, this island is not standard you know, width, width like most houses. Nobody's gonna care, they're just gonna be ecstatic. Hey, this is a smaller kitchen and there's an island in here, awesome. <laughs> they might care, but it's probably gonna be a few months after they move in. <laughs> but I mean, ultimately what you're getting is you're getting the look, you're getting the functionality, you're getting the versatility of still having an island without um, maybe as much space. So a lot of it comes down to just what you said, that creativity, what can you adjust, what can you change to make the space functional for what people today want rather than when the home was built. Yeah, and and that's where you, and you hit the nail on the head there, Levi, because I mean, right, right now, still open concept floor plans. People like that. So that's why one of the common things that we, you know, we often do is we'll blow out, you know, blow out walls and connect and make big great rooms and stuff like that because that's what people want. So, yeah, it's, you got you to gotta, uh, be, be up to date on what's going on with all that. So here, this, this is interesting. This bathroom. There's a great shot right there. Yeah. <laughs> right into the toilet. <laughs> Kind of scary. And that's an even better shot right there. <laughs> yeah, me saying, <laughs> that's disgusting. Um, I don't know if you can see in here, but this is interesting. This room is actually, so it's adjacent to the kitchen, yet it is, uh, it's a half bath with the laundry. So once again, looking at function, um, not the greatest. And so we actually did end up changing that. That, that half bath is now a full bath and the laundry we ended up moving to a, a different location in the house. This is a dining room, a formal dining. Gotta love that plywood over the window. 
They actually just replaced the windows uh, this last week, and they, oh boy, they look incredible. Um, and so this was, uh, you know, sometimes for, for, for new investors, it's a little bit hard for them to visualize uh, what it's going to look like afterwards. But man, with time, you get so adept at, at walking in a room like this and, and seeing it with the, you know, the ugly curtains and the rotted wood over the windows and, and the, you know, janky carpet. And you can see, you, vi- you truly can see it of what it's going to look like afterwards. And that's what gets us excited. Yeah, I mean, it's the opportunity in investing is really the vision. That, that's why investors get paid, because they can see the vision, they can put the project together, they can bring all of the pieces of the puzzle together to create. And so in your business, in your real estate in investing, any of this stuff, you get paid for being able to create something. And this right here is kind of a, an inside peek at the, I guess, creative process yeah. that an investor is going through in their own mind as they are walking through a property. Yeah, and, and that's true. I like, I like how that you brought that up because it really does, the same principles totally apply to any business. Absolutely. And seeing that potential and seeing that vision. This was, um, so this is the hall bath. Do you remember this bathroom and what it smelled like? Oh my gosh. So, <laughs> so I went, I went with, with Ryan to this property with my daughter and she opened the door and that wafting smell was so bad. It, it's, it's one of those things where, um, like the, the carpet, they put carpet in the bathroom. Who puts carpet in a bathroom? Let's, let's be serious here. Like that's know. just a recipe for mold and mildew. And Funk. like this carpet was soaked with urine. Like that smell just permeated the whole house. It was terrible. And my daughter walked in, opened the door, got hit with a wall of stank, and then was like, oh, and then it hit me. And I was just like, what just died? It was terrible. Shouldn't have gone in there. Shouldn't have. The door was closed for a reason, Levi. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because there's a, there's a, you see the little can of like the the air freshener that's on the. It didn't work. Nah, that doesn't help. But here, you know, you, you look at, and once again, we see potential, right? You look at, you're looking in here and you see, okay, you got the, the gold carpet, um, you know, kind of a really ugly vanity and, uh, you know, bathtub that's old and rusty and none of that matters. It's all coming out. It's all coming out. And it all did come out. We actually did some pretty neat things here with these, with these bathrooms, but, but yeah, that's, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that when we get into the master bath. Yeah, yeah, because this is just the hall bath, and uh, oh, I think I got a shot here of the yeah, old damaged, just old and crusty and damaged yeah. and yeah. But right. it's all going to be nice and new and fresh, and so the new buyer that's going to come in and and get this house is going to get to enjoy the changes that you're making. Oh yeah. Oh this. <laughs> Man, they're going to love it. So this is the master bedroom, complete with a mattress. Now. And um, an esposa. Yep, and my wife. <laughs> yep, <laughs> we do this all together. We're a team. So this is, uh, so it's always fun walking through properties with her. It's, we always have a blast. This master bedroom, you'll notice there's two windows, and then you have two uh, smaller closets. 
And that's, uh, you know, kind of a his and hers closet. Going back to, oh, look at this. We got some free videos, some free books. Eight weeks to optimal health. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. But, but going back to the, the utilization thing, you know, you got to look and think, okay, what would people want in, um, you know, in a, a master bedroom? They want a walk-in closet. They don't want small his and hers closets. That's not ideal. And so we actually uh, modified that. And this, uh, oh, got some sweet some morning sparklers. glories. Yeah. Here's the bath. Okay, boom. So here's the here's the bath, the the master bath. What are some of the things that you notice, Levi, when you see this master bath? What, so, what are your first impressions? So the first thing is carpet again, awful. Yeah. Um, th- there's a couple of things. A, it's good that there's already a master bathroom in this property because. Buyers expect, especially higher end buyers for an area, expect a, a fantastic master bathroom. This one, it's a little bit small and it's only got a shower, there's no tub. And so somebody that wants to have a soak is gonna really be put off by this being the master bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, the first thing that I really noticed was the width, right? The, you'll notice, you know, there's a standard size for bathrooms in most run-of-the-mill construction. And uh, your standard full-size bath is going to be 5 by 8 feet. That's, that's the size. And so anytime you're less than, um, you know, it's less than 5 feet wide on the, on the walls, and you're gonna, it's going to feel claustrophobic and it's going to feel different. You can have less than eight feet, and it still doesn't feel. If it's like a half bath or whatever, but if you're if you're less than five feet wide, it feels claustrophobic. And I, I don't remember the width on this, but it's a lot less than five, so it really felt claustrophobic. And um, yeah, we're the the conundrum as we're walking through and looking at this. We're thinking, okay, how can we improve the performance of this? How can we take a small master bedroom and make it larger? Take this horrible ensuite bathroom and make it nicer, and give the bed, the master bedroom a walk-in closet. <laughs> How do we do all that when we can't add on any more square footage, and we're very, very limited structurally with any changes that can be made? And that right there is the investor's challenge, and the investor's payday. Yes, which we did some incredible. Um, we yeah we came up with some awesome solutions. So basically, what we what we've done is we took the, uh, the the other hall bathroom, the stinky one, and this bathroom, <laughs> and the one of the closets that was in the master. No, I take the back. We didn't include the closet. We just took the two bathrooms and then a hall closet that was in the hallway, blew all the the, the walls out in between them, combined them all into one single bathroom. So now. The master bath is actually where I'm standing right here in the video. Where I'm standing is basically where the toilet is now. So we rearranged, uh, you know, the layout completely. It is a nice large bathroom with a double vanity. The toilet's kind of tucked away, uh, kind of around the corner when you come in, so it's not, you know, it's kind of hidden. So the focus visually of the bathroom when you walk in is a beautiful wall-hanging European-style vanity. Uh, with marble countertops, gorgeous, and then um, solid marble, not cultured, solid marble countertop, and then the uh, we have a 
big, you know, six foot wide, nice walk-in shower that's with gorgeous uh, decorative tile, high-end tile, and then behind the shower, a freestanding soaking tub. So it is uh, so it's incredible. You made it a point to point out that the countertop was going to be legit, solid marble, real marble, real stone. Not cultured, yeah. Why would you choose that for this property? Because that question, you should you should always be answering yourself those questions as you're walking through these properties and you're thinking about what you're going to do to them. Why would I put it in this property, right? right. You don't do anything unless it gives you a return on your investment. And so when, I, oh, go ahead. No, I say that's a really really good question. <clears throat> Basically. Every property, every area is different. Every market is different. One of the things that we need to know is we have to identify who is my buyer. And that's something that we identify from the beginning. Who is my buyer? And so, um, you know, this area is, well, this house, right? 2,600 square feet. Is, are you going to have an elderly couple purchasing this house with five levels and all the stairs? Absolutely not. Is this going to be a young family? right? With, with babies or young children? Absolutely not. Like I would say when you look at the yard and everything else, you do not, I mean, it's just a disaster waiting to happen with, with tiny little kids or babies. It's not, this type of property is geared towards, uh, you know, maybe a professional business professional, maybe somebody that works at the university, makes good money, maybe has, you know, a couple of teenage kids. It's not, this is not a house geared towards, a young family or an older couple just because of the layout. And so while it does have, well, when we bought it, it had three beds. Now it has four bedrooms, but, um, you know, you have to understand who your buyer is going to be. And then you make the, the finishes according to that end buyer. So with this, it's going to be, you know, a single person or a couple, the other bedrooms don't matter as much. The other bedrooms are not as important as, really honing in on the master bedroom or the master bed, the master bath and the kitchen. And there are certain things about this property that are just not, well, they're, they're negatives, right? They're, they could detract a little bit from the saleability. And so we have to, um, we have to be able to offset those things with other elements that are really going to attract those buyers. So that's why it's, it's really important to uh, to really understand when they walk in the front door, what you know, what journey are they going to take? And typically, for most properties, your buyers, as soon as they come in, their first stop is going to be no brainer, the kitchen. They're going to go to the kitchen and look at that first. With this property, because the kitchen is actually two levels down, they're most likely going to hit the master bedroom first before the kitchen, and um, and so. With those changes, we were able to remodify some walls and um, give a walk-in closet to the master bedroom. We actually blew out the opening, and so rather than a standard, uh, you know, 30-inch door on the um, on the master bedroom, we actually have a five-foot-wide double French doors going into the master suite, as well as the uh, upgraded bathroom. We put more into this bathroom than we normally would on a property at this price point because this is what they're going to fall in love with first. And we want it to be a really 
big first impression. Not to mention the master bedroom. The back wall is a uh, shiplap accent wall, which is really beautiful. One of the windows, the one that has the best view, we actually blew that out, made it uh, about twice as, as tall to give a much bigger panoramic view. Um, so there's all these little details. You, you might be thinking, well, that, that's gonna cost a lot more. It is, it does, but that doesn't matter if we, because we have the ROI, because we have the ROI. And, and uh, a big point to make on this is that you know what you're putting in because you started by knowing your market and knowing your customer. Just like in any endeavor, know your market, know your customer, and then you know what to do. And that doesn't mean you have to, you have to have a, a vision of what it is, but that doesn't know, mean you have to know every single detail right up front. You just have to know what's next and, and maybe a little bit ahead, but just keep that process moving and keep going. Yeah. Yeah, because really, otherwise you get stuck. You get stuck in analysis paralysis. Yeah, and and it really is. It's interesting because you know what we do. It really is a combination of. I mean, look at that comforter, man. I should have kept that. That could have been Christmas gift for you next year, man, Levi. Sorry. That I I can regift white elephant gifts as good as anybody else. Who said anything about white elephant? <laughs> um. So yeah, so like this closet here, we actually, that closet is now part of the walk-in closet. So we combined two adjacent closets into one to build the walk-in closet and then built out a new closet for this room because it was a good sized room. So yeah, there's kind of garbage everywhere and, and stuff, but. Free art. Hey, yeah. It's, it's in a frame and everything. <laughs> yep, it's all there. So, and a lot of the standard stuff, you know, you look and see, okay, we got to redo, you know, outlets and trim and doors and paint and flooring and light fixtures on this property, you know, windows as well had to be updated. There were single pane uh, windows, you know, a lot of them you could actually, you know, stick your hand through the windows because they were broken. Um, so it, but it is, it, what we do is a combination of art and science. There's, there's a lot of the numbers, the analysis, so, market analysis. Hold on right there, Ryan. Oh, yep. Oh, we missed it. Oh, anyway, I can go back. As we're seeing walking down, oh, just walking down the stairs, there's these kind of floor to ceiling um, wood slats. Oh, yeah. All yeah. like top to bottom. Each level has these. Oop, that's a perfect angle right there. Yeah. So top to bottom, it has these wood slats. Now, it's old, it's outdated, it's nice wood but it's not a nice look for this house because if you're sitting here walking down the steps, you would kind of feel like you're in a prison every time you're walking down the steps. That That's the yeah. feel that I got in this, Yeah, you know, the, the prison bars. So this all right here, would you leave something like that or would you be able to open that up and, and have space and the ability to see what's happening in, in the, the area as you're walking down? Yeah, yeah, that was a good question. So, I personally like. I thought they were kind of cool. The bar, like the because <laughs> I'm like, oh, because what they were, they were continuous from the top level all the way down. So I thought, yeah, these are kind of fun. I, I kind of liked them, and I thought they were neat. But you're right; it did give the the kind of the prison vibe. And because if you look behind the bars, 
you'll see running diagonal, you'll see the stairs, the floating stairs, and then you'll mm-hmm. see the stringers. The stringers are the side supports that actually, so you have the tread of the stair, right, where your foot goes on. And then the stringers are the diagonal, um, the, the lumber that goes diagonally that the tread bolts onto. It supports the treads. So um, here's your, for all of our listeners, your construction 101 <laughs> class for today. <laughs> So the stringers um, are floating stringers, and they they affix on the right because they go between two levels. So it affixes at the top of the upper level, and then it affixes at the bottom. But the stringers, they the, the vertical bars or posts are not providing any structural strength to nope. the stairs. The stairs are floating, and so it was easy to get rid of those bars, and then we're replacing it with a custom built um, metal modern continual handrail that's going to start at the top and wind its way down 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 and that does a couple of things it gets rid of the the prison feel it really accents uh, highlights more those floating stairs because with this you kind of lose the fact that the stairs are floating so it it gives a little more uh, accent to that and then it just gives it a more modern feel and a more open feel with um a little bit of an industrial feel, right, with the with the black the black uh, powder coated metal, but um, but yeah, that's that's what we went with. Well, and to meet code, I don't even remember seeing a handrail on these stairs. Um, I think there was at one. I think some of them had handrails. <laughs> And then the other ones, you could see where there used to be a handrail that had been ripped off. <laughs> right? Maybe that's see, what it was. You could see the in kind of the you know the paint marks and then the screw holes where there used to be one affixed. So yeah. So on this with the structure, you know, with stairs can be tricky. Um, it's important. For example, the speaking of code, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, these stairs with the floating stairs, the treads, um, they're currently or they originally they were covered in carpet, and in order to um, you know update the house we're gonna obviously get rid of the nasty carpet on the stair treads so we ripped that off and we were thinking at first we were just gonna uh you know sand and stain the stairs turns out the condition of the wood was not as good as we had hoped even though they'd been covered since the beginning so we're going to uh, simply cover them with uh, a real nice laminate uh laminate hardwood flooring on that um lvp on the stairs we'll wrap them in that and they'll look great but uh the challenge is is now that the carpet is gone the gap in between each tread is not up to code. Once again, this is not a house for little kids or babies, but the gap is more than four inches, which is not up to code and it's dangerous because you could have a you know a young child that can could get um, you know get their head stuck in between there and uh, and strangle or you know get seriously injured. So so as as we modify what the reason I'm sharing that is as as we go through and look at uh, not just you know design and utilization, there's also code, there's safety things, there's certain things that will always, when we go into a property, I don't care what it costs, if it's a safety hazard, we're gonna fix it. Because we wanna have a clear conscience knowing when we sell this property, whoever buys it, they're gonna be fine. Whoever lives here, we don't wanna, you know, wanna make sure that we do things right. Good, good karma. So yeah, there's lots and lots of little details. I mean, I could, man, I could, I could go on for this. I don't even know how long we've been recording. We're probably way over our <laughs> normal time on this one. And this is That's just okay. an initial walkthrough. I hope you guys are finding this interesting because there are so many things that are going through our minds as we're, you know, as we're walking a property and as we're creating that plan. 
This is a little spooky down here. It's no pretty light. dark down there. Ooh, light. Oh. Yeah. There we go. So now this is the mechanical room that, that Ryan is walking into on this video. Yep. There's our and, old uh, furnaces. Yep. The water heater is... Man, would you get out of the way so we can actually see? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, let me tell my past self to do that. Okay, okay. Pause. Oh. Uh, uh, pause. We caught a okay. glimpse. Oh. Uh, right there? Mm, what are you? No, back it up. The mechanicals. Oh. So, so in here, in the mechanicals, you'll see that there's a double furnace in the back of this mechanical room. Mm -hmm. And there's also a water heater. So the water heater is actually in fairly good condition. And it's been, it was not even really used because there wasn't yeah. a lot of water flowing. Um, it was not running most of the time. So it's got a, a lot of good life left in it. Yeah. You know, yeah, we didn't touch it. But uh, those furnaces, <laughs> those are some pretty old school furnaces. Yeah, so those uh, those are original furnaces from when the house was built 50 years ago. And, uh, you know, to, to, to get my HVAC talk on here, when, um, you know, obviously if you have a larger house, larger square footage house, you'll, you'll typically have multiple systems for HVAC. Anytime you have a multi-level house or, uh, you know, a, a tri-split or, or, you know, a, a bi-split, bi um, type of a, of a layout in a house, you'll it, it challenge a big challenge is maintaining temperature consistency throughout the house because the you know, heat rises. And so this house with having five levels, um, we could have we could have merged all of the trunk lines together and just done a single system for the whole house, but it really would not have provided the HVAC, it wouldn't have been a good result for the end buyer. And so we didn't want to, you know, we didn't want to do that. We were able to, to negotiate and get, get a real good price to be able to update and replace uh, both furnaces with 95% uh, high efficiency furnaces, as well as, uh, actually, I just got a text from our HVAC guy in the recording that he just finished uh, getting those installed. And also uh, we added air conditioning to just the upper system. We didn't need it in the lower system. The cold, the cool air is going to fall down. So we got uh, you know air conditioning in the upper. Currently, when we bought it, there was no cooling whatsoever. No cooling, no swamp cooler, nothing. So um, we were able to, to add that and uh, and get that put there. So um, yeah, the HVAC can be a big expense, and you got to understand what you're dealing with. Well, and and another thing that's very unique about this property is pretty much everything but the top level is not going to get as much sun exposure just because of the angle of the house, the way that it's built down the mountain. And so that right there is actually going to provide inherent cooling. So it's just understanding how all of the different types of ecosystems mm -hmm. within the house are playing together, but still making it so that the homeowner will be able to get their, their comfortable temperature level at each level within the house. And I think that the system doing it like this will achieve that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and you, know, you also look at once again who is the buyer. This is a neighborhood that is very um, kind of nature. You know, it's up in the mountain. I, almost every time I go to the property, I see deer walking in the street. Right? I mean, there's deer everywhere. This is you're up in. It's more. I mean, it's in the city, but it's it's 
more rural in a way. And so, you know, a lot of the people up there, they probably enjoy just opening the windows and getting the fresh air, fresh mountain air versus, uh, you know, doing the air conditioning. But there may be a couple of weeks out of the year where it, it does get a little too hot up there. So having that air conditioning is something that the buyer will really appreciate. Down here we added where I'm standing is actually a bathroom now. So there's a full bath there. Um, we demoed out all those, all those cap, all the shelving that was all gone. And there's a, now a full bath in there. That closet I'm walking by, that's now the laundry room. And then this little other room here, we uh, got rid of the fireplace. That is incredible carpet that is still there. <laughs> We didn't take that out. We didn't need to. We're just going to cover over it. And we actually framed in a closet and added a casement window. A casement window in here to meet code so that this can now be a legal bedroom. So that is uh, the, the, last, uh, the last bedroom. So when we bought it initially, it was a three bed. Um, it was a three bed, two, or well, it was three bed, three bath house. Um, and the bathrooms were, it was a full bath, a three quarter bath and a half bath. And now uh, once we finish it, it'll be a four bed, three bath house, right? Four bed, three bath, but there will be four beds and three full baths rather than a full three quarter and half. So definitely increasing the, uh, the value there, the property value on that. But um, yeah. Well, and so it, it's in, important to note why the value is increasing because you increase the usability of the space. Yeah. So, so that's what it's all about. Can you increase the function? Can you increase the usability? How can you modify it and add value? This is, a lot of times we say, don't focus on appreciation because that's just kind of a, a cherry on top. Mm -hmm. What we're talking about there is market appreciation. That's the, something that you cannot control. But when you change the, the use and function to the highest and best use of a property, you're doing something that we call forced appreciation. You are forcing value into the house by changing things about it. Yeah. So, so that's really what we're focused on when we're looking at flips is how can we force that appreciation and how can we add value and usability so that someone is going to see that value and pay me what I want for the house. Yeah, and, and how do we force that? I don't know if you can hear that, but uh, I think there's a fighter jet flying over my house right now. <laughs> that there is, I can hear it. <laughs> okay. And it's and the key is is how do we force that appreciation in the quickest amount of time and with the best return on investment for every dollar we put in? How can we maximize our ROI on that coming back out? And you know, depending on money costs, you know, you're also racing time. Yeah. So it's. It's just kind of this balance, give and take. You've got to figure out time, materials, use, and put it all together into one plan and then mm -hmm. go execute. Yeah. One, one final thing, because I, I know we're, I mean, we're way over our we're, usual time limit on this way one. Way over. That's okay, though. But one, one final thing I just wanted to touch on is, um, you know, I, I, remembering back when, you know, when we were getting started in, in this, you know, in real estate, I remember like looking, like walking through these types of properties and thinking like, how do they do it? How do they visualize? How do they get the vision? How do they understand what to do, what not to do? Um, you know, I, it was just so foreign to me. Um, 
it felt a little bit overwhelming. Like I would see other people that would show, okay, you know, this is what we're going to do. And then once they explained it, it's like, oh yeah, that's a really good idea. But I lacked the ability to be able to walk into a hideous, ugly, you know, nasty place and instantly see, oh, this is what we would do. This is how we would do it. This is how much it would cost. And this is how much money we would make. Like that was so foreign. So if that's something that you're, you know, thinking like, if you're in that, if you're where I was, you know, five years ago, um, a couple suggestions. One thing is, um, you know, the key, the key with all of this is knowledge and relationships. And so you got to learn from the people who have been doing it and are experts in the field and then surround yourself with other people who are doing it. Um, because one thing that we was a huge benefit when we were getting started, well, still to this day, is we have a lot of friends who do real estate. And we go and we yep. check out their properties and we learn from them. Hey, what'd you do here? Why'd you do that? Hey, this is kind of cool. I like this idea, you know? And so we always have takeaways from them in learning uh, from what they're doing. Uh, participating in the Parade of Homes is a great option. Um, not so much for this type of application, but just to know in general kind of what's hot right now, what's going on with trends and design and amenities and features in properties because those Parade of Homes are all new builds. Um, but still, you can get some great ideas from that. One thing that uh, has continued to be of great value for us is, uh, you know, as we go around and check out other properties that our buddies are doing, is uh, is is doing uh, tour workshops, house tour workshops. So I actually wanted to extend an invitation to to all you guys that uh, I mean, if, if you're still watching this episode, you're interested in real estate. And um, I invite you, hey, reach out to one of us, reach out to Levi or I, we, um, we can give you some information because we do have periodic workshops where um, we'll actually go through basically what you saw today, but go through it live, live and in person. Um, if you're not well, local. And, and if you're not in person, we broadcast it online and you can ask questions. That's that's the yeah. important thing because a lot of you might have questions that are just sitting in your mind right now and you're wondering, okay, well, what about this? Right. What would it what would it do for you if you were able to, to talk to one of us and say, and ask that question and get a response on the spot? Real time, yeah. So, yeah, so, so I just wanted to extend that invitation. We do have, we do have those that, that we do periodically. So, yeah, I mean, you know how to contact us at championhustle.com. Simply reach out to uh, either one of us, or, and we, we're happy to, to send, get you connected with some information because that is how we learned. That's how we yep. learned. And now it's like second nature. It's super easy. Um, but we continue, we continue learning. Every, every time we go, we learn something new and we'd love to share that knowledge with you too. So hope this has been fun. This has been, it's been fun for me. I've just been talking a lot. So maybe I'll shut up now. Yeah, you have. I can't even get a word in edgewise. So, you know, this has been kind of a deep dive. Like that video that we just walked through was only about nine minutes, but the, the conversation in our heads goes on much longer than that as we're trying to figure out, okay, what might we do to make a property more useful and more valuable to somebody? So yeah, just reach out to us and we can get you connected with how you can get more involved with that and, and a community of investors that really are all about sharing knowledge and sharing value so that you can go do this yourself and come back 
Join us next week because next week we're going to be talking about the Where's Waldo of business. Awesome. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Champion Hustle podcast. For more great content and to join our online community, visit us at championhustle.com. Mm-hmm.